Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, and it really is Terry this time. I know the last couple weeks we've had some fill-in guys, and I want to thank Ronnie Castiglione and uh, Kirk Dieter for filling in and doing a great job. You know, we have about half a dozen guys that fill in and kind of rotate through when I'm traveling. And I really enjoy them. They're all really great guys. And I think it's good for the audience, too, because they bring you maybe a guest I wouldn't have lined up. They they bring a perspective or a different uh, a different look at things because, you know, nothing's in stone in the outdoors. I used to do some panels at the sports shows, and there'd be three or four of us asking questions, and I'd say, by the time you get done, we'll have five different answers because one of us will change our mind. But really do appreciate those guys filling in. allows me to get out and do some other things, so that was great of them. We have a lot to talk about today. Fishing is taking off. We're going to talk a lot, a lot of fishing. Talk a little bit about a wildlife interaction today, too, and um, a new facility out at Bar Lake. But a lot of today's talk is going to be about what's going on fishing, both fly fishing and conventional fishing. And it's taken off. It is time to get out there. And speaking of that, let's go right to the phones. And joining us from uh, North Park Anglers is Scott Graham. Good morning, Scott. Hey, Terry. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well. You know, you. I was just thinking, you and I haven't been on the water forever. Oh, it's been a long time. We had some good times, though, when we did. You guys have some <laughs> great fisheries up there. You know, with the snow, the cold weather keeps coming back. Everybody's kind of wondering, well, what's going on? So I thought I'd start with you guys today. Um, first, tell people where you're located and what waters you usually fish. Okay, we're up in North Park, uh, located in Walden, Colorado. Um, and we're at the headwaters of the North Platte River. And we fish a lot of the local lakes, uh, Delaney Buttes, Lake John, uh, stuff like that. Um, also home to Big Creek, uh, Big Creek Lakes, which are pretty popular out there, too. And, of course, you mentioned the rivers and streams. There's a ton of them there. And, of course, you do drifts down the North Platte. You and I did that drift down the North Platte. That is a fantastic, fantastic yeah, drift. Yeah, pretty special float. Yeah, speaking of drifts, maybe we should start there. What are the flows? Are you drifting? And is it going to be a long season for drifting? Uh, yeah, um, all of the above. We are floating now. Uh, we're still kind of waiting for runoff to show its face. Um the flows are, are um, really modest. I mean, it's they're hovering, oh, between eight, 800 and 1,000, which is, you know, really um, pretty low for this time of year. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been so cold that the, the uh, high mountain snowpack really hasn't had a chance to melt. So we're just kind of uh, rolling on, you know, when we do get warm days, there'll be a little bit of melt, but not enough to really blow the streams out. So we've got great clarity, uh, great flows, great temperatures. I mean, fishing's pretty ideal right now on the streams. You think that'll hold up for, what, a week or two? I mean, it's got to break you know, loose. Yeah, you you know, it's hard to say. Um, the long-term forecast shows that, that June and July are, are possibly going to be warmer than average. And, you know, April uh, and May were definitely below average um so it depends how fast it warms up you know when i look at the next 10 days we're going to have overnight freezing temperatures um and daytime uh temps in the in the 60s and i don't think that's enough to really get that thing moving um i think it's going to take you know 50 you know 45 to 50 degree uh temps overnight uh consecutively uh, to really get that runoff going so 
the way it looks, it might, we may just keep getting pulses of melt and, and uh, uh, carry this water out for a long time. And I just uh, I'm struggling to find uh, or to to see it, you know, really just get massive uh, in a in a quick stretch unless we get you know some really warm weather here pretty soon. Yeah, it's 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 a really a difficult different year to predict. I mean, I think we were all holding our breath waiting for this massive runoff, but the cool nights have let it start melting slowly and like you've alluded to a lot of it has melted. So, in the meadow itself where you guys fish, you've got um, you know, Michigan Creek and you've got a bunch of you've got the North Platte. Are they pretty snow-free in the meadow right now? Yeah, so the the I would say that that the snow line is probably hovering like around you know eighty five to to nine thousand feet, and the valley is at eight thousand feet. So we don't have any snow, you know, maybe in in some ditches and stuff that are north facing, but um, pretty much virtually all the snow in the valley is gone. Uh, and we did have about fifteen inches of snow park wide uh, three days ago, but it melted off pretty fast. Um, but uh, that snow level keeps creeping up. I said, like, you know, like with these warmer days, it'll, it'll creep up a little bit more, but you know, we just haven't had that crazy warm stretch to blow it all out. And uh, you know, the other caveat to our system here is that um, we've got, you know, a million acre Valley that is completely 100% flood irrigated. And so with um, this thing taking uh, as long as it has, most ranchers in the Valley have been able to get their ditches on and so that's taking a ton of pressure off what is coming down as well. So, you know, even if the river gets bigger in volume, I don't know that it's going to be chocolate milk. I think with the with the irrigation and the slow um, melt that it, it may stay clear. Let's go to the rivers, but and we'll go to the lakes in a minute. But assuming that the runoff holds off for a while, um, if you were walk wading, let's take that first. Would you fish the smaller rivers or would you try the North Platte? Yeah, I would fish everything except the North Platte because the North Platte, is at about a thousand CFS today, and I think safely waiting has got to be seven hundred or lower. Um, and uh, um, and the fish are are pushed to the edges, so you could do some damage, but it's going to be hard access. But with the the way that these uh, meadow streams are flowing right now, I mean, you're just wasting your time to go to the plat when you could go. These these meadow streams are just ideal. They're they're bank full and they're crystal clear, and um, you know the water temps are great, and the fishing is is pretty hard to beat. Any one in particular you want to give, give us a little pointer? You know, the, the Roaring Fork, um, the Michigan, the Illinois, I mean, um, all of them really are 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 just awesome right now. I would think there's probably some good hatches coming off. Are we seeing stoneflies yet? Yeah, they should be here any day. Um, they're very active underneath. We've been getting them in the same net every day, but uh, we haven't uh, seen any adults yet, but We've got awesome caddis hatches going on right now on the rivers. Um, so we're fishing a lot of stoneflies, but we're fishing caddis as well. And and then with the with the irrigation, you know, we got this uh, what we call the worm hatch going on in full effect as well. So on the North Platte, before we go to the lakes up there, it is floatable, and you're running trips. I, like you said, it's you know what? A lot of times when these rivers rise, I tell people if you're gonna fish one of these faster flowing rivers, leave your waders at home because you're gonna be so tempted to take that step right. into the water just to land that fish or make that cast. And if you can't see bottom, you can get in trouble so quickly. Oh, yeah. This is a bad time of year to be messing with it. <laughs> but tell us about the float trips. And uh, you'll you'll do float trips until, the, until we get really high water and then start again as it settles yeah, down? Yeah, basically, yeah. You know, I, we don't 
we don't offer just boat rides. So we're they're strictly fishing trips. So we're you know we really pay attention to the flows and we we send boats out every day when we feel like the fishing is going to have a, a you know when it, when you got a fair chance. Um, and so right now the flows are at a thousand. That's ideal. I will run trips um, until the flows get to three thousand. And then anything above 3,000, it's just, you know, I, I pretty much call that unsafe. Um, but as long as the river's clear, we got, you know, 18 inches to two foot of visibility um, and the flows are stable, we're, we're fishing it and it's good. And that is an incredible float. I mean, the fishing is phenomenal. The scenery is phenomenal. Um, in fact, there's actually, if you go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, there is a, a video there where... Um, we fished that together, you and I. Scott and I fished yeah. that float, and it was phenomenal, Scott. Right, and and the day that we did it, you know, the river was pretty muddy, and you still caught a ton of fish. I remember sitting in the cafe and a few fishermen telling us, don't bother going, it's blowing out, you won't get anything. And we went, and we did really well, so yeah, it's a great float. You know, those fish with the stonefly hatch, they all push to the banks this time of year, so as long as you got a little bit of visibility on the banks, you're going to have a good day. Now, when you get to later in the year, let's say the river does blow out for a short period, but it comes back down. Do you resume the the floats for as long as there's adequate yeah. flow? Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll run. Uh, we'll jump back on the river and we'll float it until it gets down to about uh, four hundred. Is usually the call. And being a wilderness, we're only permitted to do so many floats. So I either run it till the water runs out or until my permit runs out. All right, and people can call you, and we're going to give all your contact information here in a little bit because one of the things you guys really provide, not only trips and guide trips, but knowledge, and you have the flies for the area, and your shop is easy to get to. We'll get to that in a minute, but let's talk the still water. First, I want, to t- want you to tell me what you're seeing in the lakes right now. Uh, so the Karanamid Hatch just started. It's a big event, um, and it's it's kind of the first time of the season that the fish really start eating consistently. Um, you know, ice off can be great because fish are, are, you know, they, they're just opportunistic. Um, the, the water temps are warming up, but they're not seeing, you know, a consistent food source. So they're kind of just sporadic and, uh, their metabolism is still kind of jumping all over the board because of the water temps and the outside air temperature. But now, uh, once the chronomate hatch really starts going, those fish are getting in a feeding pattern and, yeah, guys are doing really good. Oh, you're I, it's and it's going to probably just get better, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, you know, we'll start with chronomids, but then we'll have calabatus and damsels following right behind, and um, you know, and the fish are just you know for the next six weeks, those lakes are going to be fishing pretty darn good. Well, and that brings me to another point I really wanted to go over with you because I think it gets overlooked by a lot of fly fishermen. And if we do get some suddenly warm weather and these rivers blow out. That's a great time to go to these lakes, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, it, it cracks me up because, and, and I'm sure I'm, I was the same way, but, you know, you talk to a lot of fly fishermen and they, they kind of snub their nose to the lakes until they do it. And then once they do it, once they're hooked. But, you know, it's a great way to still get out there. The fish are bigger in lakes. Um, you know, they don't have to fight current all the time and, and they've got better food sources. So, um, you know, it's, it's still fly fishing and you're still, you know, trying to figure out what the fish are eating and what depth they're eating. And you got to put together a, a game plan to, to get them to eat. And, um, you know, to me, it's, it's just as fun and it, and it switches it up. Well, I think, and this is my own opinion and I fly fish and conventional fish, but I think a lot of fishermen, they may 
poo-poo it, but I think in a, a lot of them are just insecure because when you're in a river, you can look at the seams and the flows, and the river's going to tell you where the fish are positioned. And then when sure. you make your presentation, if you know, you're going for the right kind of drift or if you're working whatever you're working, the river's going to put your presentation in the right place if you make the right cast, obviously. When they go to still water, unless they see rises they can cast to, they have a tough time first understanding how to locate the fish and then getting the concept that a lot of times you can't just let it sit there. Now, sometimes you can because there's enough wave action or current in the lake, but a lot of times you have to bring it to life. And I think those right. two things, they, they kind of befuddle a lot of fly fishermen, especially ones that have just fish rivers, and they just, they, they're hesitant. And you're exactly right that the lakes are just an incredible resource, especially when the rivers are blowing out. Why put your rod away? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's another thing to learn and it's fun. And like I said, the fish are bigger <laughs> when you so fish, everybody the, likes big fish. You fish the lakes both from shore and from your boats too, right? Yeah, we sure do. We, well, we launch drift boats, but I mean, you can be super effective from the, from the shore too. I mean, these lakes in our Valley here are, are shallow. And so, you know, you don't need to be in the middle of the lake. The fish are cruising the shorelines. That's where the food is. That's where the cover is. Um, but, you know, you can get out in a tube, and and especially during these different hatches, you can figure out the depth that the fish are feeding at and, and you know, basically sit on top of them and have a heyday. Well, I've actually fished uh, the, the Delaney's and Lake John and those lakes up there from a float tube. I fished them from my boat, and I fished them with you from shore. So And we've, and we've done well in all those aspects. So uh, if somebody's, you know, headed up, which lake would you go to to start with? You know, if you're just if you're just starting, I would say you know south or east Delaney. Those are chocked full of fish, and and um, opportunity is is. I mean, it's just they're a little bit easier. Um, and and then north Delaney, um, there's less fish in there, but they're huge, and and it's a little bit tougher. And you know, I, I just feel like if you can go to south or east and figure out the game, and then take your skills up to north, that's that's sort of what we what we recommend to everybody coming through the store. Scott, before we let you go, describe your shop. Tell people where it's located and how they get a hold of you. Okay, full-service fly shop in Walden, Colorado. Um, and we can be found on the web, northparkanglers.com, uh, Instagram, Facebook, North Park Anglers. Um, and you can call us, 970-723-4215. And you're always willing to share information. You you make a point to have the flies that people need to fish that area. You still provide accommodations. We do. We've got a, a few rentals here in town that uh, that we we rent out to people. And uh, um, the Sportsman's Retreat it's a it's a three bedroom house um, right here in town, and it's great for people. And it's on our website. And if people want to book that, they can call us here at the shop. And of course, how far in advance do people need to book a trip? You know, the, the every year it gets a little more, uh, uh, the calendar gets booked a little bit more. So the further in advance, the, uh, you know, the better. But we'll always try to fit you in. All right. My friend, give them your website again. At northparkanglers.com. And we have to get out and fish one of these days soon. Yeah, you're more than welcome. You just got to get here. All right. Thanks, Scott.
Thanks, Terry. You bet. Scott Graham from North Park Anglers. If you want to know more about North Park Anglers, I think there's three or four shows I did with them on my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. We drifted the North Platte. We did some walkway fly fishing, and we also um, did the lake. We just did a variety of things with them. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll be with Parks and Wildlife on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going to go right to the phones. And one of our favorite people from Parks and Wildlife is joining us, Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well, but why do you bother to call us from Bar Lake when it's so far away and there's nothing to do when you get there? Oh, now, Terry, Terry, you know better. I do know better. It's a great place. And <laughs> why don't you tell people where it's located? Because it's right in their backyard. And I think there's still a lot of people that don't realize it. That's true. So Bar Lake State Park is lo- located in Brighton, Colorado. We're right off the I-76 in Bromley. And we're 25 minutes east of Denver. So we're a quick day trip. We're not that far. And you are a day-use facility, too. So that makes it nice that it's a quick day trip. What are some of it the is. activities? I know we're going to talk more fishing and, and a new facility you've added, but what are some of the activities at the park? So we have fishing, we have boating, 10 horsepower under canoe, kayaks, paddleboards. We have an archery range. We have a walking, hiking, biking, horseback riding trail that goes all the way around the park. It's 8.8 miles. We have a wonderful nature center with lots of exhibits. Um, we have the whole Southern Inn as a wildlife refuge. So we've had nesting bald eagles since 1986. Over 371 different bird species have been sighted, and we have lots of great events, ranging from canoe classes to um, um, archery, hunting, all sorts of stuff. When you have fishing clinics, you're always promoting something out there. In fact, I think there's something going on today, isn't there? There is. So we have the Brighton Optimus Fishing Derby. It's an annual event. We put out our net um, where we stocked 500 trout for kids to come and fish today. It's free um, to get into the park today, and the kids get a free fishing pole, and they get a chance to fish for some trout in our netted area. And that's, that's till noon, though, right? It's till noon, 7 to noon today. So there's still time. You know, it's only 15 minutes away, and you can listen to me on the drive out there. So That's but, true. And you yes. just recently added a new facility. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're super excited about a project that we've been working on since 2013. It's our ADA accessible fishing pier. It's right down by the boat ramp. So it's really giving people of all abilities the chance to fish. It's a pier that goes out 100 feet. So you're out on top of the lake, and it's been great. People have been catching trout. It's amazing. And, and yeah, and it's, it is. T- and it's, it's ADA accessible, but it's available to everybody, right? Correct. It's available to everybody. And, you know, we're really proud of it because it, t- it took – six years to get it done, but there's a lot of partners like the Walleye Association, Adams County Open Space, um, the State Park Foundation, and it, we, the Friends of Bar Lake. We just really couldn't do it without all our partners. Now, how does the water level affect it, and what are your water levels right now? So we are full. You know, there's, they're even letting some water out, and water's still coming in. So it's a great opportunity because when the, our lake is full, there's really not um, a lot of good shore access. And so this really gives you that extra little oomph to get you out into the lake. 
You're absolutely right. And as the water goes up and down, there can be some great shore fishing at the lake. And a lot of people do well. You mentioned kayaks and canoes and float tubes because you're virtually, even though I don't know if you call it wakeless, but because of the 10 horsepower limit, people who bring their big boats out either run a kicker or an electric. And I've done that, both of those out there. And the fishing is excellent. Tell people about the species that are available. Sure. So we have walleye, wiper, bass, perch, trout, crappie, tiger muskie, catfish. (laughs) Catfish. Yeah, I saw a really big catfish last night being caught. So so what's biting right now? What are people catching? The trout? Early in the season, it's a lot of trout, right? A lot of trout and then some walleye and wipers from the boats. That's pretty good. And are you seeing a lot of activity or people just, it should really just stay good now for the next few weeks, right? Yeah, we've seen a lot of activity from the shore and from boats. All right, and then next week, because of your new fishing pier, you're you're going to have another special event. Tell us about that. Right, that yeah, it's actually in two weeks on June fifteenth. Okay. Yeah, from eleven to one, we'll have the grand opening of our fishing pier, which means we're going to have a ribbon cutting. We're going to have a free free food truck that day. We'll have fishing poles to give away. Just lots of fun to celebrate, you know, the new fishing pier. That sounds really awesome. And is there information on the uh, website about all these things? Yes, it's on our website. And also like our Facebook page. We post all our events there. You know, another thing we should mention, Michelle, today is this weekend is free fishing weekend. Now, kids, I believe, under 16 fish free all the time, although they can get a license if they want to keep a bigger limit. But right now, adults a lot of times want to start fishing or they want to take their kids and they want to help them and you're supposed to have a license. Well, you can do that this weekend without without buying a license and see if you really want to get back into fishing. Yeah, that's true. So it's free fishing weekend um, today and tomorrow. Yep. And uh, and and you said that when is it free entry into the park? Is that today? Um, Just for the fishing derby, if you're coming to the fishing derby. Okay. And that's till noon. That's still new. Okay, so if you got out there quick, you could not need to have a license, go to the fishing derby, maybe get a fishing rod, and maybe win a prize or something. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, they have raffles. Yeah, they have raffle items, and it's a nice day out. The weather's supposed to stay nice, so just a good day to be outdoors. Is there a cost to enter the derby? There is not. It's absolutely free. It's sponsored by the Brighton Optimist Club. I wonder if I can get somebody here to do the rest of the show, because I could be there by 11. I'd have a whole hour yet. <laughs> I know. You better you better get going. Hey, Michelle, as always, you have so much going on. And you have two archery ranges. Are they both going? Yeah, so we have our standing range that's from 10 to 100 yards. And then our 3D range is open as well. We have new targets this year. We even have an alligator. It's really cool. How many is that so you can get practice for alligator hunting in Colorado, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, the... Go ahead. We have a stegosaurus, we have a stegosaurus too. Well, those I think used to be here, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know the the key to that that three D range. We tell people this all the time. It's one thing to practice in the static range where you're at the different distances, but the three D ranges and uh, Parks and Wildlife has a number of them throughout the state, like you have, gives you the ability to take that different angle, that different position when you're making the shot, that different angle to the target which just changes everything so much, and you really need that practice if you're going to hunt. It's true. It's a great time. All right. So you're, they can find you on Facebook, right? They can find me on Facebook, Bar Lake State Park's Facebook page. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Have a great day. That's Michelle Siebert from Parks and Wildlife. She's always she's so bubbly and so full of energy, and it's just unbelievable. So 
I just love having her on. And, you know, Bar Lake is a resource that's so close to us that gets overlooked because we, we, we forget about it. You know, a lot of the big boat guys don't want to go out there. But trust me, um, you should see the guys from, uh, in fact, we'll talk about it later. They do their cast and clays out there from Colorado Clays. It is amazing. And I hate to give Jr. any kudos, but he catches giant walleyes out there all the time. And it is just fantastic fishing. We'll take a time out. We'll have more outdoors on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You know I'm going to listen for a few seconds because it's the Eagles. One of my favorite Eagles songs, too. You're listening to Terry Wicks from Outdoors, which is brought to you in part by the great folks at Sun Power Sports. They're such great friends of ours. And you know, almost every weekend they have free food. There's almost always something going on. And the selections of motorcycles and ATVs, all the import models, plus the Harley shop. You know, they're at 88th and Washington. Just But go, go by Pearl and drive by their facility one time at like 88th and Pearl. Stop in. If you're a motorcycle enthusiast or you uh, you like ATVs, it's the best place in town. Let's go right to the phones now. And joining us, he's in the middle of an event, I believe, is Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Yes, good morning from beautiful Horsetooth Reservoir this morning. And you, what are you doing out there? Uh, we are, once again, volunteering for Cast for Kids, which is Catch a Special Thrill. It's uh, basically a big, giant volunteer organization that takes developmentally disabled kids out fishing. And uh, and they have a whole day of it. They come out with a bunch of volunteers from a bunch of bass clubs around the state, show up. And guys brought their boats from as far as uh, Colorado Springs. And I saw a boat came down from Wyoming. And you take the kids and maybe a, a mentor or a parent, somebody with, and they go fish for a few hours and then back and have award ceremonies for the smallest fish and the most fish. And uh, mostly it's just a big fun event, barbecue, and uh, it's a national organization. And it's just a fantastic event. And This is, I think, my 15th year doing it, and it's the 23rd annual event. Now, um, it's, it's probably too late to take part, but people could come out and find out about it. Is that right? Yeah, and that, you know, and that's why I wanted to call because, you know, the, the people seem to find out about it late. So if you go to, to cast.org and, uh, and you can sign up there and then you'll get emails about it so that you don't miss it in the future. Because every year, the few days prior to this event, people just aren't, aren't used to hearing about it. So uh, any sort of developmentally disabled kids is, is what they really cater to. Could be a variety of things from Down syndrome to uh, some people are, are high functioning, some are less. So uh, they have pontoon boats here, several of them uh, for folks that may be wheelchair bound or something like that. And a bunch of local sponsors for it. And uh, it's just a great, really fun event. And it's one of the most fun things that I do every year. We always have a blast with it. And uh, the kids are just, you see genuine pleasure, you know. And there's it's usually really even some celebrities in addition to you. Oh, yeah. There's 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 me full of lies and propaganda. And then there's everybody else. No, it's, uh, yeah, they, Jay Yellis, uh, a multi-time BASS, uh, he won the Bassmaster Classic, Angler of the Year, won the FLW Angler of the Year. He's actually the head of the organization right now. And uh, and he's been to this event several times. And, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of different people get involved, lots of local companies, sporting goods stores. Everybody gets involved to support it, make sure that it's run well. 
Uh, Larimer County Natural Resources gets involved with it as well. Centennial Bass Club, Denver Bassmasters. There's a lot of organizations that come together to make it great. And I think this year there's 43 boats with kids in it on the lake right now. You know, I want to I wanna make a comment on that, too, because I've been involved in some of these different organizations. I used to do one where we took um, uh, younger children all the way up to teenagers from uh, Craig Hospital who were you know, mobily challenged, and we'd take them out in our boats for a day fishing. And and I'm struggling with the name for it right now, but the fishermen really step up for these organizations. And there's a number of organizations out there, some that are from boats, some that are from shore, some that are fly fishing. But when you call out to the bass clubs and the walleye clubs and those people and say, we need boaters to help, they really step up. Oh, they do huge. And, and, you know, people think bass clubs are just about tournament fishing, and it is about tournament fishing. But, yeah, the volunteer events that, I mean, just Centennial Bass Club, which is one of the key ones in this event right here, they they do this. They do the Fullman Open, which is a tournament, but it's a fundraiser for the Larimer County Food Bank. Uh, you know, bass club guys are well known to show up. They do habitat projects, cleanup projects, kids events of all kinds, kids tournaments. You know, it's a, it's a really it's a really good family of people to be involved with. It's one of the best reasons to be a fisherman, in my opinion, is the involvement that, that the various clubs do. And yeah, tournament fishing is fun, but it's all about the, the big picture. And we need more people in these affinity groups because we need that voice to help support our outdoor resources too. And that, yeah, that. absolutely. And the recruitment that goes with it, you know, a lot of the, the parents that are here with this don't know anything about fishing, but they get information about how to do it. They get tackle to leave with, and then hopefully they'll spread it to their neighbor kids and other stuff like that as well. So it's good for, for you know, and my whole thing with, with Fishful Thinker, what we really want is more recruitment, and the biggest reason is conservation. If people see value in a resource, they will conserve it. And the more anglers we have, the more value they see in the resources and the more conservation we get out of it. Now, I have a couple of questions. I want to switch gears on you really quick if you got just a couple more minutes. Yes, sir. You're on Horse Tooth Reservoir. First of all, what are the water levels? Uh, water is about six feet from full, still rising slowly, uh, very, very clear, and water temperature is about 60 to 62 degrees. Uh, bass are in spawn to post-spawn mode at this point. They're a little little bit hinky right now. Fishing hasn't been spectacular today, but it will get better as it warms up this afternoon, in my prediction. And uh, walleye numbers or walleye bites been going decent. That's been an evening thing for the most part. And we're starting to see all the panfish showing up now. So particularly the green sunfish are starting to show up as well. You know, if you were going to chase those green sunfish on Horsetooth Reservoir, give me some pointers. What kind of depths would you look for? Is there a certain kind of structure or or uh, habitat you look for in that reservoir? Because it varies. A lot of people are used to panfish going next to weed beds, which you really don't have in horse tooth. So how, how do you approach the panfish in horse tooth? Well, particularly the green sunfish tend to, it seems like they relate to a lot of the dams and the real steep points, except for on their spawn. So any time they're not spawning, then a lot of times they'll be on the dam faces, 15, 18 feet deep. Uh, or on some of the real steep points, but they spawn right behind the bass. So they'll be moving in and spawning in the same areas you would have expected bass to spawn. And uh, and so you'll see them moving on gravel and flatter banks, sheltered banks, things like that, bluegills as well. And uh, CPW's made a concerted effort to get the bluegills going in here. They, they're a viable deal. It, it took a long time to get them established in here, but the recent high water in the last few years, and again this year, is uh, for sure helping their numbers. And same kind of thing. They'll be spawning, you know, right here with the bass or right after the bass, and uh, and there'll be a good opportunity to catch some of those as well. So I would think that what you're going to see from what you're telling me over the next two, three weeks is 
The bass fishing should just light up because they're coming off the spawn. But at the same time, you're going to see the bluegills get shallow and be very accessible. Exactly. And if you're a bass fisherman in the next few weeks, just bring your topwaters and get them done. That little Berkeley Bullet Pop 60 will get you lots and lots of bites in the next couple of weeks. And if you want to fish those bluegills, uh, small is better. A one-inch gold minnow on a drop shot rig, especially a multi-hook one-inch gold minnow on a drop shot rig, is a great call. Like a little three-hook drop shot, uh, almost like you would for a Subiki rig, only smaller. Really good way to catch the bluegills and the green sunfish in here. They love that little one-inch minnow. Well, and don't be afraid to use an ice fishing jig and fish it under a bobber, a snap-on bobber. If they're shallow and they get deep, a slip float. Yeah, absolutely. No question about that. And that's exactly what we do is just clip a bobber on the line, whatever you know depth they need, or a slip float with a stop and just set the stop however you want. But, uh, but yeah, that's a really good way to catch, catch the, particularly the green sunfish in here. And there's some big ones. There's some good size. We've caught green sunfish in here 10 inches long, which is a monstrous green sunfish. So, oh, yeah. uh, definitely an opportunity. They put a few trout in here this year, uh, this last fall, but they're going to take a while before they get big. So the glory days of trout from a few years ago aren't here yet, but I suspect by this fall, it'll be good again. So, but between now and then I'd be focusing for sure on the post-spawn bass for fun, unless you're going to be out in the evenings and then work the walleyes and, and the walleye are kind of where you find them right now they're scattered all over you know there's they just did sampling in the lake there's good numbers of gizzard shad there's good numbers of smell there's good numbers of panfish as we've already talked about which are a good food source as well so it's really a matter of what they want to eat the yellow perch numbers are are, are coming around uh but they're just not really targetable size there's lots of small ones which means there's lots of good bait you know and the last thing i think a lot of people have lost track of the fact that they've fished horse tooth in the years ago and you'd catch two dozen of those 10 inch fish that's not the case anymore oh no yeah they're the first boat we pulled up with it just boated a 16 inch. i think you said a 16 inch bass and uh yeah there's there's for sure uh, uh been a resurgence of size in the lake um you know that doesn't mean they're always easy to catch uh, you can still get on the bank and, and click off a whole bunch of 10 inchers if you don't make some adjustments but there's plenty of 15 to 18 inch fish to be caught and uh you might have to have some skills but there's plenty of them here you can't blame the lake if you don't catch them all right my friend i'll let you get back to the kids thanks for joining us and tell people again where do they go if they want to know about next year's event google cast for kids it's i believe it's cast.org and uh it's it stands for catch a special thrill and it's a it's a nationwide event they hold them all over the country so if somebody's hear this and they're from out of town or whatever they hold them all over the country not just here at horse Tooth. all right you go and have some fun with those kids and you and i gotta get out on the water soon uh, you know where i live all right thank you sir thanks terry chad lachance with fishful thinker an update and it's great fishermen and outdoor people in general are incredible about stepping up for these organizations. And almost every affinity group does work for the youth groups. They help out. Uh, They want that tradition to continue. A lot of it's because they want their kids and grandkids to continue and do that. So, you know, take a look at it. Whatever your favorite outdoor activity is, there's a group that promotes it. Take a look and see if you might want to be a member. We'll be back, and we're going to talk some more fishing tips. We've got Nate Zielinski coming up. I've got some tips I want to go through with you. And we're going to get an update from uh, Blue Mesa Reservoir from Robbie Richardson. And we've just got a ton of things coming on. And then we're going to have a tackle talk later on in the show from a bait company from right here in Colorado. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You know, Kyle, you're really nailing the bumper music today. Eagles, Dire Straits. 
Good thing I don't have a guest waiting on the line right now. It's just me. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. I want to catch you up on a few things. You know, fishing is taking off. We're getting into what's called the summer peak for the warm water species. The mountain lakes are uh, opening up, and a lot of them are open and fishable. The snow melt hasn't even really started, so we're going to see that. So there's going to be a lot going on. You need to follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let me tell you why. Um, We're going to talk to different people with tackle talks and techniques and updates. And a lot of times we'll play those podcasts on our um, Facebook page. Now, you can always go get our podcasts at 1043thefan.com. But a lot of times we put pertinent ones that are germane to this this time of the year on Facebook. And I'll write an article with it or I'll, I'll post one of my articles from the Denver Post and we'll put some video or some audio with that that you can go for this time of the year. We try to keep those timely. A couple of things. You heard Chad talking about the panfish are getting ready to spawn. Well, in the ponds, they already are. And speaking of Facebook, if you go to my Facebook page, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and you scroll down maybe, I don't know, four or five posts, you'll see one. There's a video there of me fishing in a, a little pond right in Fort Collins. It's one that's just maybe a, two miles from my house or something. And it's this little pond, but it's full of these small bluegills. And as they've moved shallow as they are right now, there's such an easy way to catch them. And it's that anybody can do it. Any little kid can do it. Any adult can do it. And if those bluegills, bluegills are shallow, you will just catch as many fish as you want. It's a great time to get a youngster out and get them fishing. So go to Terry Wisham Outdoors on Facebook and scroll down. You'll see, I think, I think in the picture, I don't know if it shows all of us or just our feet, but hit that video for pan fishing. Uh, it will teach you a really nice technique that's easy for pan fishing. Now, the YouTube thing, you know, Chad mentioned that uh, those uh, bluegills and green sunfish tend to go deeper at horse tooth after they spawn. They get down in that 15, 18 foot range off rock, rubble, and things like that. Now, a lot of us now have trolling motors that have what's called spot lock or electric anchor that we can hold our boat in place. But a lot of people, you know, haven't upgraded to that and may never do it. So I did a video. I was actually going after the perch at horse tooth, which Chad said are starting to cycle back. They're small, bait size. But you could use the same technique for those perch, I mean for these sunfish that I used for those perch, to hold right over them and really just fish right next to the boat. You wouldn't even need a bobber. You could lower lower the line down and feel the bite. And if you go look at it, it's called horse tooth perch, or I believe, or it's Fishing Perch at Horse Tooth Reservoir, and that's on my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, which pulls shows over the last 20-some years from my two television shows. Now, if you're looking to get out, and you should be, if you want to fish, you need to start getting out right now. And there's a few places, probably the hottest bite in the state right now is John Martin Reservoir. If you just want to catch fish, those white bass are virtually on fire. If you want to catch some fish for the cooler, they're good tasting. Take some home. If you just want constant action, you, know, you just find points and rock rubble and work a little jig or a little bait, or we're going to talk about some baits in a tackle talk later on next hour. You could use those, and you will catch those. But while you're down there, the saw guys are doing extremely well. 
The largemouth bass are doing extremely well. There's some wipers in there. There's catfish. There's just a multitude of, it's one of the best fisheries in the state. Now, in a couple weeks, Sam Heckman's going to come on. He's fishing a couple tournaments there in Pueblo. He's going to bring us up to speed. And Pueblo's another reservoir. This time of the year, you start getting those 40, 50 days for walleyes and smallmouth. Now, you catch you don't catch as many big fish because they're, they have different habits. You have to fish differently to get those big fish this time of the year because they don't intermingle as much. But, but uh, both... Um, John Martin and Pueblo should be on fire for those walleyes. If I just wanted to catch fish, I'd probably fish one of those two lakes coming up right now. And the next, it's going to get just better and better till you get to mid to late June. It's actually running a week or two behind. It usually peaks around mid-June, but I think it's going to peak probably in later June, and it's going to continue fishing right through the month of June. Then it'll probably change as the water starts getting warm, but we'll keep you on top of that. And I'm sure Nate Zielinski during the next hour has been on top of some of this, and he's going he's gonna to help us. Now, I've heard that Sterling Reservoir is starting to really take off. It's about two weeks behind, but the crappies are finally moving in. And that's another thing. We've got crappies. You know, Cherry Creek has crappies. Pueblo has a great crappie population. A lot of those southeast lakes like John Martin, and Nanoshi, and oh, there's a number of lakes out there. Just go to the uh, Parks and Wildlife website and look at the information on the creel surveys on those lakes. The crappies have really rebounded, and they're good crappies. And Right now, the crappies are going to be shallower there in their spawn. A lot of people have trouble catching them later in the year. We'll cover that, too. But right now, they're going to be up by the brush, up by the banks, and you can catch them with just a little jig or a little minnow under a bobber, and the crappie fishing can be phenomenal. So you need to be on top of that, too. And Sterling, we should see the uh, walleyes and sawgeyes take off at, at Sterling here very soon. Uh, they're just starting to go. Same with Glendo. It's a little behind. I think there's a tournament up there this week. We'll get some reports. Um, Brad Peterson is fishing some tournaments this week. We'll get some updates from him on some of the both the eastern lakes and the Wyoming lakes so we can fill you in and, and keep you uh, on board with uh, with all of those things. So we'll keep you up with that. And But you got this is the time to just catch fish. It's not necessarily the best time for big fish. But it's the time to be out there. I want to touch, too, on, uh, oh, by the way, it's free fishing weekend this weekend. You don't need a fishing license. Now, children under 16 don't ever need one, but they can buy one if they want to keep full-size limits or bigger limits. But um, anybody can fish today and tomorrow without a license in any of the waters that you normally are, have access to. So it's a good day to shake the cobwebs off that fishing pole Get out and catch a couple fish and see if you're ready to get back into it. So you may want to do that. You know, there's there's an event going on at Bar Lake. Bar Lake's another great fishery close by. They're, they've got a great new, brand-new fishing pier. The ponds around the metro areas for bass and panfish are virtually on fire right now. If you watch that video on my Facebook page, you're going to catch some fish and then take some bass techniques that we'll probably talk about in the next couple weeks and fish those ponds, and you'll do well there. The other thing I want to quick touch on before we go to our, our next uh, segment and get our guests online is getting outdoors. We've got a ton of snow in the high country, so you have to be prepared if you're going up in the mountains, even if it's a beautiful day and you're not going up that high. The snow level with the cold that that snow produces up there can work down the mountains very quickly. You can be in a storm and be in trouble. Or if you're hiking above the snow line right now, you just have to be prepared. I did an article, it's on my Facebook page, about 
being comfortable and surviving in the outdoors because there's so many, so much misinformation out there. I get so upset when I hear somebody was trapped, they were hurt or lost, and they uh, they survived by eating beetles for a day and a half. Well, first of all, you can go about three weeks without food. So the, the, eating those beetles did more harm than good. And we want to get good information out there. So I'm going to repost that article over the next week or two. But a couple basic things. Have a compass. People get lost because they get turned around. Just orient yourself with a compass before you go out and know what direction there is to a, a road or trail that you know you can follow back to safety. If you are lost, stay put. As a search and rescue teams I've been with, the worst thing we hated was finding where you've been. We hate that. We don't know where you've been. We want to know where you are, right? Find a way to signal, have some signal with you. And I know it's controversial, but bring something to build a fire. And even if you're going on a day hike, bring something to build a fire. Now, a lot of people say we have to be careful because of a wildfire. But most people, when they're lost or hurt, panic. That fire gives them comfort. It keeps them in one spot, and it provides signaling. Those are some basics, but I'll repost some articles on survival on my Facebook page. So follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and go to our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing Terry Wickstrom. Almost all the fishing we talk about on the show, there's a video that covers it on that channel. We'll take a time out, and Nate Zielinski will join us on 104.3 The Fan.